the most connected man in Washington. WSB's Jamie Dupree. He's on every day with Herman Cain. 1106 AM every day. Sponsored by Charter Communications. On News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Saving the greatest country in the world is not a short-term proposition, folks. We can save this great nation, but it's going to take all of us. Why? Because we are America. Herman Cain. Herman Cain. Solutions for a better America. It is the Herman Cain Show. My name is Chris Chandler. Brief switcheroo here this hour. Herman has had to step away just for a few minutes. He is back shortly. This is Jamie Dupree. Time, though, as you know. And Jamie is about to step away by air, so we're going to take care of Jamie here. Herman's back in a few minutes. Jamie Dupree, about to head on a jet plane west, eh? You got it, Chris. Uh, as usual, um, when you're uh, headed to Vegas, there's a couple people in the waiting area that look like they're more than ready to get it on before the plane even leaves, if you know what I mean. Welcome. And how about you? You're headed west for some high stakes uh, poker of another kind. Yeah, you know, the the first Democratic debate, I mean, think about it. We've Think of how much attention we've paid to the presidential race over the last couple of months and uh, how much we've done with the debates on the Republican side. Now the Democrats get their first chance to have a debate. And, you know, just as it's had an impact in the Republican race, one can think that this will certainly have an impact for the Democrats as well. Obviously, the main storyline is one we're all very familiar with, and that would be Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders. This will be the first time that they'll be on the same debate stage, and that's a pretty big deal. I mean, you know how it is, Chris. You just never know how people react, no matter how experienced they may be at something like this. There might be one of those moments, or it could just be that they sort of uh, shadow box around each other. But then don't forget, you've got the three others who are out there as well. They're trying to look for something big to turn things around. I think most of the pressure is on Martin O'Malley, the guy who is the former governor of Maryland, who really, Chris, I think, thought that he was going to be the big alternative to Hillary Clinton. And instead, Bernie Sanders is occupying that space big time. All right, set the stage for where you're going to be uh, tomorrow. This is a CNN debate uh, set up compared to the last Republican debate we saw. What's the venue? Let us know. Yeah, the venue is the Wynn Hotel in Vegas. If you've been to Las Vegas, it's at the north end of the Strip, sort of uh, just before you get up towards Circus Circus up that way, a big hotel. Uh, they'll have a debate stage there. They still, CNN has been waiting uh, expectantly, hoping that Vice President Biden would get in the race. So they've even got an extra uh, podium. They tweeted the out a photo this morning of an actual podium they've got ready for him. I don't know if that's funny or pitiful. Yeah, and I just don't think it's going to happen. I, you know, and, and don't you think, Chris, I mean, this is just sort of my feel, but don't you think if you're not going to be at that first debate, the chances are maybe you're not going to run? I would say the longer he drags it out, his heart simply uh, is not in it. That's the impression I get still. It's either brilliant strategy to skip the first one and then jump in, or he's just <laughs> not going to do it, huh? Yeah, I would think that if you wanted to get in, this would be the perfect time to just all of a sudden arrive in Vegas and with a big splash and you get an awful lot of attention. But uh, I don't know. I just don't get that feeling, but we'll have to see what happens. So that is the venue. It's only going to be a two-hour debate, so that means after the intros and commercial breaks, it'll be a little less than that. So it will not be that that horribly too long debate remember the last one for the republicans at the reagan library a few weeks ago that went three plus hours oh even with the entertainment value that was forever and ever and ever yeah so i you know look we're gonna have the same kind of thing except uh uh you know the issues will be the same in some ways different in others the focus will be a little different i would expect that everybody will get asked about the republicans but also they'll try to zero in just as they did with the republicans and find ways that they can sort of uh, get the, the Democrats to take off after each other. And if you're Jim Webb or you're Lincoln Chafee or you're Martin O'Malley, 
this is really your first opportunity for people to see you on a grand stage. It's, you know, it's sort of that weird kind of thing where you say, well, this is O'Malley's one chance. He's got to really tear into Hillary Clinton or Bernie Sanders. On the other hand, it's also his first time, and Jim Webbs and Lincoln Chafee's to have a huge audience. And you just never know. Maybe you'll have a really good debate, and suddenly you'll jump up. Then again, maybe the top-tier candidates will just sort of hold sway. So my two storylines I would pick uh, would be Hillary, how much the moderators go after her, and how much of a grilling she gets, and whether Sanders can really break through to the mass audience and not just come across as sort of a a get-off-my-lawn. Yeah, and does he take an opportunity to pile on at all, or does he try to stay above the fray, he being Bernie Sanders, and just let the CNN moderators go after Hillary Clinton? I mean, you know, what's the one thing that we've seen in the two Republican debates so far? The moderators have tried very hard to get the candidates to fight with each other. Sometimes uh, it has not worked at all. A few times it has stirred up some stuff. But usually sort of the best things have happened when the moderators have gone after one of the candidates and brought up something that he or she said in the past and asked them about it. One would assume that we're not going to get through this debate without Hillary Clinton's emails being mentioned. We're not going to get through it without uh, her record as Secretary of State being mentioned. And, you know, on the flip side, Bernie Sanders, for example, has a much different view on guns and gun control than most in the Democratic Party. And I would assume that that will be one of the issues as well. A lot of people listening to this show right now, or rightly or not, uh, maybe squealing by the end of tomorrow night that the CNN uh, commentators have treated these Democrat- Democrats with kid gloves. One thing they've tossed in tomorrow night, and, and really essentially it's to kill time more than anything else, uh, is to have social media questions. Don Lemon's going to ask the questions off Facebook and Twitter. Uh, this always gives me a headache, but this is where you're apt to get what's your favorite kind of ice cream and all that kind of thing. Ugh. Yeah, I, I do have to say, um, you know, the CNN people in that second uh, Republican debate out at the Reagan Library in mid-September, they came out of that pretty well. I thought they got good reviews. So hopefully we'll have the same kind of thing. But don't I, I don't think you should be shocked to see either Hillary or Bernie Sanders sort of uh, take off after the media and complain that they're they're not being fair or they're focusing on things that don't need to be talked about. So it's uh, it'll, it'll be an interesting time. And uh, and certainly with uh, w- with uh, not much going on back in D.C. with the Congress out this week, the Democrats will get an awful lot of attention over the next couple of days. It's Anderson Cooper tomorrow night rather than Jake Tapper. Jamie, I want to talk about Washington here in a moment, the uh, speaker's race. But let's hit the Republican field just for a moment over the weekend. Ben Carson's kind of getting some Trump, a Teflon, it seems, no matter what he says. I mean, I count three controversies in the last four or five days. Uh, nothing seems to affect him. He repeats it calmly, thoroughly, barely cares uh, that, you know, Wolf Blitz is all over him. Yeah, and, and, and it's really interesting because, you know, there have been a few of those gaps or a few questionable kind of things that he said that have raised eyebrows, and yet he does seem to uh, keep just chugging along. You know, it's still early, though, I'd have to say, and so uh, I still think that the Ben Carsons and the Donald Trumps are attracting an awful lot of those people that really don't want the usual kind of, uh, of, of political statements from, from politicians. So I, I think in that sense, they benefit from that kind of support anyway, and this kind of stuff just sort of gets brushed off as, oh, there goes the media again. Metaphysical question. General public, not partisans and not political junkies, tuning in tomorrow night. Is that feeling widespread enough? Talk about it all the time on the Republican side, but is that uh, any insider thing that we hear so much about, so widespread, you know, with the John and Jane Q public that they're going to latch on to anybody but Hillary if they happen to come across CNN tomorrow night? You know, I still think that's why it's an opportunity for all five of the candidates, because this is such a big audience, possibly, and it is such a big opportunity for everybody. That's why I'm not sure we're going to have a big negative kind of debate, because remember, it is an opportunity to get past the usual political programs and the usual political people and get a wider audience. And I would be really sort of, uh, I would be shocked to see it turn into a big bloodfest, but you never know what happens when you get into the debate, and it is that first time. I mean, Hillary Clinton had some good 
good times and some bad times in the debates back in 2008. All right, let's go to Washington now. Any movement expected this week uh, behind the scenes or in public on uh, what has been described as some some, uh, turmoil on the Republican uh, ranks looking for a new Speaker of the U.S. House? Well, where we are right now is that uh, with lawmakers not at work in D.C. this week, I I think that really sort of takes some of the air out of the balloon, Chris, uh, because you won't have everybody uh, meeting together. You won't have everybody in the hallways. You won't have everybody right on top of each other. They're all back in their districts. So if they want to get in touch and they want to do anything about the speaker's race, they're going to have to call. They're going to have to email. They're going to have to text. And that makes for a different kind of dynamic. That's sort of the situation right now is where we left on Friday. And that is you've got a lot of people looking at Paul Ryan of Wisconsin and wondering, is he going to get in? All of the signals have still been no, but I think there's a lot of people within the GOP hoping that he'll change his mind. If he doesn't, you know, there's nobody really that's bowled people over, and I think then we'll have a very wide-open race for speaker. But there's no guarantee, again, that anybody is going to be able to guarantee for the, the people more on the right of the party, you know, what they want, the major changes that they want. And I'm not even sure that Paul Ryan can win over some of those conservatives on the Tea Party side either, Chris. Is that a big reason he doesn't want to do it? I think that he would be of the mind that he does not want to go in and promise things to people that he cannot deliver on and that he knows cannot be delivered on for the most part. And that, uh, you know, the other thing is he's talked about his family, he's talked about he likes his job, but I think uh, the Speaker's job right now in the current situation with the Republican Party is a no-win situation for anybody that takes it, and that makes it all the more tricky to try to find somebody to fill that uh, void and fill that spot. Now, this may be an ignorant question, but what happens if they can't settle on somebody? Does this drag out indefinitely? Is there some kind of default? What happens? Well, see, that's the thing, is that Speaker Boehner has said he'll stick around for a while, and some of the conservatives are worried it will drag on and that Boehner will still be there. You know, the conservatives, they still have the ability, if they want, they could force a vote to push Boehner out. They still have that possibility open to them under the rules of the House. And if they decide to do that, that would, it would, in a sense, force this battle to start, because they would then create a vacancy and uh, under the rules of the House, pretty much you cannot do any legislative business until you finish, until you uh, fill, fill that vacancy. So, yeah, it, can't, it won't go on forever, and I'm interested to see how long the conservatives will wait. A lot of it's going to depend on when they set the date for the elections for Speaker. As I said, lawmakers are out this week, then they're back uh, next week. But we've got some big deadlines coming up with the negotiations on the debt limit and a number of other different things that are going to have to be dealt with and makes it a much more tricky situation. Now, let me ask you, I haven't had a chance to talk to you myself. There was all sorts of innuendo and intrigue about why McCarthy actually dropped out. Do you buy the uh, accepted public version? There were all sorts of hints, and you couldn't tell whether they were sort of uh, petty character assassination or whether something else was going on. What do you think? Um, You know, I don't know 100% for sure whether, quote-unquote, something else was going on, but there was certainly a lot of stuff behind the scenes and uh, the way it was dealt with in the hallways I found sort of interesting was it just like in 1998 when Bob Livingston pulled out because he'd had an affair with somebody else I can't give you that 100% firm answer but let's just say it wasn't all about politics Chris all right. Tell me what you're up to for the rest of the day and tomorrow and tomorrow night. You're going to be all set up there in the media center, hundreds of folks around you, uh, temptation to go gamble, all that kind of thing. What's the plan? <laughs> uh, you know, I would hope at some point in time I can uh, get away for an hour to do something like that. But this is not the focus of the trip, unfortunately. It's one of those days where 
We'll get into the uh, Fresh Filing Center probably about 10 a.m. Eastern time and just be there the rest of the day and into the night waiting to see what happens. It's, uh, it's a day of you get yourself all set up as a radio reporter. Me and my colleagues, one of the biggest things is to get in early, get all of our equipment set, and then sort of sit there for hours and waiting for the big show, and we watch it just like everybody else and go from there, Chris. All right, man. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks very much. People never understand that about reporters. Not glamorous. You go to these places, you never even know you've been there a couple days later if you don't have a selfie. 19 after the hour, I'm Chris Chandler. Herman's had to step away for just a couple minutes here, but he is back right after this break. It's the Herman Cain Show.